Hi, I'm Christine Dorr, owner of NeoCoco. And I'm Tammy Tan, owner of Spice Hound. And we are co-owners of Kitchen 519, our shared-use commercial kitchen in the San Francisco Bay Area. Welcome to Lettuce Wrap, the podcast about food, food business, and the people who work in the industry. Today, we're talking about something that Tammy and I are very experienced with, farmers Farmers markets. markets. (laughs) Yep. We actually went to a farmer's market on the peninsula in the Bay Area at the College of San Mateo. Yeah, nice one. And it's a it's a very large one. It's one of the biggest, I think, on the peninsula. I circled for parking. <laughs> it's very popular. Yeah, it is a super popular one. Uh, there are a lot of vendors there, lots of shoppers. We actually walked around and spoke with some of them, which we'll get to a little bit later. Now, have you done that one? Did you do that one when you were doing farmer's markets? I did a number of years ago. And when I originally did it, it was actually in a parking lot kind of right off uh, Hillsdale Avenue. That really makes a difference. It was a huge difference because it's actually a large campus. And so only this year in 2019, they decided to move the farmer's market all the way to the back of the college. Yeah, but the view... Man, if you want to go to the farmer's market and have like the best view of the bay, go to the San Mateo farmer's market. As a farmer's market, though, (laughs) it has uh, one of the larger uh, number of vendors, both of packaged goods, uh, cooked foods, as well as traditional. Yeah, traditional agriculture. Was that a good one? It is. It's actually one of the... That's always the question. (laughs) I know. It it is actually a good market, but it's also even for me a hit or miss. Um, I did better maybe on some of the other farmer's markets, but there was always a crowd. People were pretty committed to that market. You have regulars there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've even heard of people coming from San Francisco coming down to that farmer's market. So it's one of... Because it's mid-peninsula, I think a lot of people... Um, don't have an issue kind of driving to it. Plus, it's all the way on the top of the hill. So, with a nice view now, with with a fantastic. <laughs> view. I never did that one, um, so I'm not as experienced as you are at farmers markets. I just did one. I would do one at the ferry building. Yeah, Plaza. you did the best one. Yeah, at the fair. <laughs> Via La Cocina. They they have a booth there, and they rotate it through different um, clients that they have it in their program. I think when people traditionally think farmer's markets, I think they do think of the ferry building. I mean, that is probably like the number one farmer's market in the Bay Area. And it's because it attracts both locals as well as tourists. Right. The locals come in the morning, we would say, and then the tourists come in the afternoon. Yeah. They used to haul busloads of people to come to that farmer's markets. I mean, it was a really busy market. And and most farmer's markets uh, for the rest of the Bay Area don't have that kind of traffic. You just have the local traffic. Right. I also did the Palo Alto downtown behind the post office farmer's market for a season. So I can say, yes, that's true for the downtown Palo Alto one. Yeah. <laughs> it was local people. It's local. I mean, and that's kind of what it is. And, and, you know, for me, I did both Palo Alto markets and it's certainly one Palo Alto market. Uh, the Sunday one was busier for me, but I, I did like the people at the Saturday market as well. I mean, I, I like the social life, I, I could say, yeah. you know, of, yes, yes. Of, the, of the farmer's market. I, I got to know more customers at the Saturday one personally. How so. about other vendors too, I imagine? Uh, yes, yeah. as well. So the Palo Alto Farmer's Market on Saturday um, has a really 
good variety of vendors. And so they would also attract some of the ones uh, that might have also been doing the ferry building. I mean, they yeah. did attract um, a good variety. I mean, I did that one too. So yes, it had packaged foods and it had um, actual farmers there. Yeah, every market that I've seen, uh, every market I've been to because of my product being what it is uh, as spices, accepted packaged goods. There were some farmers markets um, that wouldn't accept me because my product wasn't grown within 50 miles of the area. Mm. And so uh, those are obviously more stricter and more agriculture focused uh, markets, but they also have package. I mean, they have maybe cooked foods because they're using products from farms yeah. that are local. I know that when I try to get in certain markets, um, if there was another person selling chocolate, then, you know, it may be like, Oh no, you know, maybe switch off with them or, you know, we can't let you in because we already have a chocolate person. Did that happen with you? Uh, usually not for me because there's really nobody else that sells spices at these uh -huh. markets. Okay. Uh, now I think there is a few. They may make like rubs or blends or salts, but they don't have maybe the variety that I have. But I think there's a few now. I mean, but I've since not done farmer's markets. I mean, I've gotten out of it. So, Do you think they still judge it that way? They still say if there's... You know, we don't allow two bakeries or we don't allow what four bakeries <laughs> or we don't allow. I, I think it's up to every association. And this is kind of the weird thing about uh, what people don't realize of farmers markets is that every farmers market is controlled by an association. Right. And so um, I guess controlled is kind of a strong <laughs> term. Um, so basically they are the organizers and they're the ones who bring in the vendors. They collect stall fees. They're the ones who applies for the uh, permits to have that farmers market at that location. So there are a number of uh, farmers market associations. Uh, the two big one in the Bay Area is Pacific Coast Farmers Market Association and Urban Village Association. And those two, I think, has the most markets uh, across the whole Bay Area, actually. And you've done both. I've done both. Um, and there are a few others. And there's a few others that's popped up since. And the thing with that is um, with these associations for them, uh, they all have different philosophies. Uh, some of them will say like, okay, I don't have a problem having five strawberry vendors at my market um, because competition's good. And, you know, maybe there's enough uh, 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 customers to actually buy up five. Right. And support all those vendors. Correct. And then there are some that say like, uh, uh, no more than one because one is more than enough. Well, the downtown Palo Alto one that was run, that was privately run. Yeah. So that's an unusual one. And there are actually cities that do run their own farmers markets. Um, the reason why I particularly like the Saturday um, Palo Alto farmers market is because that is a nonprofit, even though most of these associations are nonprofit, but that nonprofit actually um, their profits goes to helping the senior center the community center. Oh. And so, you know, it's directly affecting the local community center. Right. right. And then um, the one I did at the ferry building, that was Quesa. So that was not. 
either of the ones that you were right. talking about. Right. And Quisa yeah. doesn't do, at least I don't think they do any other markets I don't think besides so the ferry building, yeah. though that is more it's than enough. enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and also uh, the Quisa also manages the three markets that happens at the ferry building. There's actually a Tuesday, a Thursday, and a Saturday, the Saturday being the largest. Right. So, I mean, I think for them, it's more than enough. So, yeah, different cities do take on uh, their own farmer's market because they feel maybe they can can manage it better or whatever it is. Um, I think like something like San Carlos, I think, did take over their own farmer's market. It used to be managed by PCFMA. Um, but, you know, I mean, whatever that is, it's it's fine. Right, right. But then to me, I mean, the bigger question is, is like, is there too many farmer's markets out there? All right. And I think absolutely. That's my that, opinion. When did that happen? Oh, I think it happened way before I started at farmer's markets, even though I started at farmer's markets like 10, 12 years ago. What, do, you, good, do you go to a farmer's market yourself? And I do. I do. I still do. Which one? Um, since I live in the city, I usually support the ones kind of up there. I think I go to Stonestown Galleria one and I do go out a little bit to Daly City House one. Yeah. I go to my local one mm-hmm. also in Half Moon Bay. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I like, I generally do like farmer's markets. I like, um, buying my vegetables there, but I do feel for vendors now being on the other side, like I know I couldn't have done at my high point. I think I was doing five farmers markets in a week, which was insane. But like, and I certainly know lots and lots of vendors that do double, triple that I did, you know, it's their main source and it's their main source. Yeah. Main source of income. But doesn't mean any of those markets are equivalent in terms of, uh, revenues for them right i mean you you certainly saw the two sides of it i mean you know between the ferry building and really any other markets right i mean yeah <laughs> so i was spoiled right and it's a good market it is a good market but not and once again i mean if even if you could get on the waiting list for the ferry building yeah i mean it's an anomaly yeah it's hard to compare it's hard i mean that's just what i mean that was sort of what it is right but it's hard because as a vendor, if you have to show up at these markets, you have to pay your set stall fee. So I certainly feel for the vendors because they need to make money, but they have to show up at five markets, maybe. Mm. Maybe back in the olden days, they didn't have to show up as as, as many markets. Right. So I, I do think there is actually too many markets. I mean, as a customer of a farmer's market, do you want to see more farmer's markets or less? Uh, well, the one I go to, I just go to one and I go to it weekly. Um, I could stand to have another one during the week. So I guess two would be nice to be in my area. Uh, but I know that other people <laughs> like Brian that we talked to would want even more. With farmer's markets, like, um, do you attend many of them? Not as many as I would like to. Really? How right. many does one person need to go to? Ten. Ten. There's the number. <laughs> That's more than one a day. <laughs> oh, you mean per day? I'm in a season. <laughs> so I guess like, a, so then what do you think of farmer's markets in general? Are there too many, too little? Um, too little. Not I, enough. I think it's a great way for the community to gather, uh, to appreciate what farmers do as well as uh, commune with one another. 
Brian thought there wasn't enough farmers markets, right? right? Which yeah. is interesting. And he's seeing it from his side, you know, that he loves farmers markets and he certainly supports his local farmers markets. Uh, but then like you're one person. How I know. Many- <laughs> well, how many farmers markets can one person go to? I don't know. You only need one. I feel like you only need one. Yeah. And then as a, and then once again, seeing it from the vendor's point of view, like it's hard to show up at all these markets. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work and uh, there's a lot of product that you have to have, you know, whether the farmer's picking enough strawberries for all these markets or, you know, for us to have enough packaged goods for any of these markets. But then we hear from Mike, Mike who has seen it from the beginning, right? I mean, he started at markets since 1977. Oh, my goodness. Okay, wow. so how have markets changed over the years that you've seen? They've added a lot of non-ag stuff to the farmers markets. So the aisles are longer and bigger because there's a lot of non-ag. When they first started, it was just ag. It was better for us because people went there to buy ag stuff, buy their fruits and vegetables and now people have their hands full, you know, they almost need shop shopping carts. Like, <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it, it, of course it might draw in a few more people to come get something, but it's supposed to be all about the farmers. So your preference would be for it to go back to just ag alone. I think that's what it was designed on. And it's hard to fix something that's not broken. People, you know, farmer's markets are called farmer's markets. So I'm a vegetable grower. I like to see people come buy a bunch of vegetables, not pastries and popcorn. Some cities have multiple farmer's markets. Do you think that's too many, too little? There are a saturation of farmer's markets in the Bay Area. Um, some are really slow where you go there, you spend a half a day or better and only sell $150 worth of stuff, and it's not worth going. So they should close the markets that are real weak like that because it doesn't help anybody. And I see you're out of Half Moon Bay. Do you go to the Half Moon Bay Farmer's Market? No, I've done all these markets all over the Bay Area. That one opened, and there's uh, friends of ours that go to that one. So we don't need to be on each other's shoulders <laughs> and all sell the same product. Sure. So it's either one guy sells 10 boxes or we all sell two each. And a lot of the markets too have too much duplicate. Uh, you know, everyone, when they first started, the tomato guy had only tomatoes and the strawberry guy only had strawberries. And now the strawberry guys got artichokes, they got limes, they got the boysenberries and blueberries. So they add to their, you know, and the same with the vegetable growers. They started with two items and they add up to 20 items. So that becomes competition for you. It's everybody selling a little bit instead of each of us selling a lot of what we do best. And it's hard for everyone to bring 10 boxes of greens and sell two and bring the rest home. If the other people didn't have them, you can sell maybe eight and bring home two. Well, thank you so much yes. for your time. Yes, today. Thank you. We were really surprised with what Mike had to you say. Guys.
you know, one of the reasons I go to farmers markets is to support the farmers directly. Since I live in an area where there are a lot of farmers, I live over in the coast, Half Moon Bay. There's a lot of them in Pescadero and Half Moon Bay. And uh, I go there directly to talk to them and meet with them. I understand you know, what, it, what, it, what it means to be there because I was been, I'd been there myself. You know, I'm married to this guy who's just like, let's go to, you know, let's just go to the store and get it. I'm like, I really don't want to, I mean, do that. If if the farmers are right here, I want to go and get it from them and support them. I want to give all my money. I want to give all the money to the farmer. See, that's really good. Yeah. I mean, I'm like on one side, like that's good that you do feel that, but then it's it's hard. I mean, I think I understand where farmers are coming from or someone like Mike is coming from where, I mean, he saw it in the days where it was concentrated. Yeah. I can't even, uh, I mean, I've been going to farmer's markets for probably, I don't know, maybe 30 years. And I don't even remember a time when it was just the farmers. Right. I didn't never remembered it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that it was even a time that it was just the farmers. But I find that's, I think his his thoughts about that is like more of a dilution of not just even um, having other type of products. Non-egg. Yeah, the non-egg, they <laughs> yeah. call it. I think for him too, he sees he sees even other farmers as competition, right? Because he says, oh, there are other people who sells English peas. And I mean, that paper is- Paper bags. And paper bags that yes. create it. But that's like, that's hard. Like you can't, I cannot- say that competition is a bad thing no i actually don't i believe in sort of a capitalist society so i do feel competition is good right it makes everybody everything else stronger right i mean if anything it shows how good his products is compared to the other people right but and how long he's been in business correct he must be doing something right and people are copying him that's the what the best form of flattery right yeah but i mean it's hard when you've seen it in the heydays no so, um, you know, I think that's kind of tough. I can, I can see Mike's point, but I don't, I don't know if I agree with it. No, I, I, I don't agree with it. I mean, I, I think that variety is always a good thing. And I certainly like the creativity that people come out, you know, like there's been so many really interesting products uh, like packaged good products that I've seen at these farmers markets. And if it gives an opportunity for these people Absolutely. to test out their products, I think it's great. I know. Uh, to me, I think that's that's awesome. I have to say there is no better way. Absolutely not. I think this is, I mean, that is the lowest barrier of entry uh, to sell your products is at a farmer's market. Right. Well, what do you think about them? Uh, farmers markets bringing in like hot food and food trucks. There are food trucks there now. Yeah. That's a new phenomenon. Yeah. I hadn't seen that one before we were there. Uh, But what do you think about them bringing to bring in more people, more customers? I actually have no problems with that. I I do believe that they're a good thing. I actually don't have a problem with diversity of the farmers markets because I actually will go with my family to eat at a farmers market. So I will do my shopping. I will get like, you know, non-ag and ag products. And I would actually even pick up lunch. I know it becomes an experience now. It's not just, I'm trying to imagine when Mike was talking about a time when people just came, got their vegetables and left and fruits and left. 
now you go shopping. You look at these peas over here and those peas over there and how much are those strawberries at this one place and those over there. And, you know, oh, I can pick up some, you know, pet food. I can pick up some lunch. I can pick up some I have to say that is quite unique too. the whole, I mean, pet foods, that is a new phenomenon since, you know, my time being at farmer's markets. And that's definitely only happened in the last couple of years. We talked to a unique vendor, Shelly Clay of Precious Pooch Doggy Bakery. And we asked her, how did she get into the farmer's market? A little bit unusual for your product because, I mean, you you are selling dog food. And we're seeing a number of dog food companies actually coming into farmer's markets, right? Yes. um, Was that a hurdle? I mean... Yes, it was a hurdle. It took me almost a year and a half to two years to get into a farmer's market because the farmer's market at the time when I started, they were not doggy friendly. Sure. (laughs) And they didn't take me serious. And finally, one of the managers put me in a small market. And then I had to work my way up to this market. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's pretty common too Mm -hmm. with um, different market associations, right? Yeah. So how long have you been doing this market then? Six years. Oh. Six, seven years. Okay. And how many farmers markets do you do now? Um, I do <laughs> four a week. Oh, yeah. And and why do you do that many? I mean, is that it's my business? That's that's your main channel to sell. That's my main channel. Thank you so much. So some of these vendors do rely on the farmers market as being uh, their livelihood. I mean, for Shelley. It's, you know, these four markets probably represents all her marketing and uh, her direct customers, even though now she also sells online and all that. We got a chance to talk to Mark of Mountain Oak Farms, and he made us realize that whether you have dog food or cut flowers, it takes time to get into these larger farmers markets. Well, you're always trying to get into the largest, most lucrative markets with the most people. So it takes time to get your foot in the door and then... Well, how long how long did it take you to get to this market? Six years. Wow. So you wanted it from the beginning then? Yeah, I tried to get into these markets for a long time. It took, it took a while. How many markets? Uh, we do up to 11 a week. So we're at like Mountain View and Saratoga. Uh, I go to Moraga. We do Fort Mason. Oh, those are all really good markets, yeah. actually. Yes. But they've worked their way up to that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It took you another bird. Their livelihood depends on doing these markets. Uh, it's their main revenue streams. I know for farmers markets for myself, it was almost my main marketing. It sort of pays for itself marketing I'm, I am selling, but I, I get to interact with my customers directly and get their feedback directly. So on the positive side I think any new food business, if you want to test your idea out, should certainly try a farmer's market. But on the flip side, it's going to be hard to get into like the best farmer's markets. Yeah, I hear you guys have to pay your dues in a way. Yeah, you do. You do the markets that aren't as populated <laughs> right, or as busy. But that might be a good thing, too. I yeah, it's true. If you're new and you're just trying to test it out, though, it may feel frustrating. I mean, because you think like you should be making a lot more money. Right. And that isn't necessarily a reflection of your product. Right. Just so, lack of customers. Just literally the lack of customers. 
But yeah, and that's once again, like, why don't those markets die? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Yeah. But what about you? What do you think about the variety and food trucks and dog foods and all that? Well, like I said, I think it's an experience to go there. Now, you don't just get your vegetables and your fruits and you leave. You go shopping, go looking uh, around. How big is the Half Moon Bay one? Um, it's pretty small. It's kind of like the downtown Palo Alto one. There's maybe uh, 20 vendors. Is it, does it have uh, cooked foods as well as packaged goods? Or? Some. Tamales. Okay. Uh, there is a coffee vendor. Okay. That's, that's relatively new. That's interesting. Yeah, but there is a lot of egg. The egg. Yeah, which is what? It's good. It should right? be, huh? <laughs> uh, it should be. I think your percentage of ag should be actually higher than your package right. products. I think it is. So that to me, I think is important. <laughs> In the end, it is also a farmer's market. Right. So. right. The holiday season is here, which means we've almost done a full year of lettuce wrap. We're extremely grateful to all of you for listening. And as a special thank you, we're offering 25% off all items in our online stores using coupon code LETTUCEWRAP. Whether you want to try the award-winning black sesame seed brittle from Neococo, make a juicy Thanksgiving feast with a turkey brine from Spicehound, or stock up in any of our delicious truffles, brittles, spices, or blends, just go to lettucewrappod.com slash thanks and click on the links for Neococo and Spicehound. Fill your cart with any of our tasty treats and on checkout, use coupon code LETTUCEWRAP. That's L-E-T-T-U-C-E-W-R-A-P and you'll get 25% off your order just for being a listener. This offer does expire at the end of 2019, so go to com slash thanks today, choose Neococo or Spicehound, and remember to use coupon code LETTUCEWRAP for 25% off all items. The discount doesn't apply to shipping and handling, but you can use the code in both stores and there's no limit on how much you can buy. So stock up. LettuceWrapPod.com slash thanks. And thank you for listening to our show. So I guess in conclusion, if you're a small business and you're thinking about starting your business at a farmer's market, hopefully this episode was useful to you. And also go to our episode show notes and check out some of the resources we posted there. Uh, it's at our website at lettucewrappod.com. Thank you for listening to Lettuce Wrap with Christine and Tammy. Thank you to our editor and producer, Jason Anthony Guy. If you like our show, tell a friend. Ask them to subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Take it away, Christine. Until next time, it's a wrap. <laughs>